0: hello thanks for joining us this afternoon as uh, we once again open up God's word and we study it we listen to the message that it has to offer and as you join the inspiring word and our broadcast for uh, this Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening uh, I want to thank you again for being a part for giving us some of your time out of your busy schedule and out of your Sunday afternoon. We hope that this is a, hope that this is, this is a, a blessing for you. Uh, we're certainly not trying to uh, take you away from your church service. If you have a church that has a Sunday evening service, by all means, we want you to go there. If you are and you want to pick up this broadcast at a later time, it will be posted on our website, uh, theinspiringword.org, and it will be there for download, either in audio or video, uh, to watch it and play it streaming over the Internet, Uh, whatever your need may be. We just trust that God uses this in your life to be a blessing. Before we get into God's Word, I want to ask about prayer requests. Do you have something on your heart today? Someone, something, some situation, something you're struggling with, some addiction, whether it is a alcohol, a drug, uh, whether it is a situation, a system, whether it is something moral or something immoral whatever it may be going on in your life god wants to hear about it we're here ready and willing to pray with you this evening as we go to the lord in prayer feel free to post anything you would like to post and if not that's okay too god knows your heart he knows your needs he knows that trouble that's closest to your soul today. Let's take everything to the Lord in prayer. Let him have his way in your heart and in your life. And you'll come away blessed. You'll come away at peace. And you'll come away with a clearer mind and a clearer heart to hear God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for the grace the mercy that you've given in our lives today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to once again open your word and break that bread of life with all of those who are going to be listening, Uh, whether it is over Facebook Live, whether it is over SermonAudio.com, whether it is by audio or video, it makes no difference. But Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you've given and done in our lives. We pray for those right now who are lifting up burdens to you, who have struggles, who maybe feel like they're on their last straw and they just really don't know what they're going to do. God, they need you. They need you in ways that they can't, they, they can't put into words to And I know the Holy Spirit is there making intercession for your children, making intercession for the grumblings and the moanings that they have. Heavenly Father, bless them. Walk with them. Embrace them. Meet that need that's closest to their hearts and closest to their lives. Bless your word as it's broken today and as it's given out as the bread of life to touch hearts and touch lives. May someone come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May us as Christians walk closer to you. May we be inspired to a closer walk with you through your inerrant, infallible, inspired word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I trust that you've had a good Lord's Day. I trust that you have had some time to worship today, that you've taken that time. I know Lori and I have, and we have been worshiping with Blue Ridge Church here in Marion, North Carolina for the last several weeks, and what a blessing that it is. Uh, Pastor Steve Hawkins and the folks there, they're they're such a blessing. We We thank the Lord for them daily. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6. We're going to begin reading with verse 14. Mark chapter 6 beginning with verse 14. And King Herod heard of him being Jesus, for his name was spread abroad, and he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet. Or as one of the prophets, but when Herod heard thereof, he said, "It is John whom I beheaded; he is risen from the dead." For Herod himself had set forth and laid hold upon him, and bound him in prison for Herodias's sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, "It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife." Therefore, Herod had a quarrel against him and would have killed him. But she said not, but she couldn't, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was just a man and holy and, um, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many he, he did many things and, and he heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a suffer to his lords and high captains and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, Yet for his oath's sake and for their sakes, which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him into prison. And he brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in the tomb. What we have in this passage is not just a historical account of what happened to John the Baptist, though it is, and it's very accurate. But that's not the underlying context of this passage. What we have here is a picture of the sovereign power of the conscience. Let me say that again. It is the sovereign power of or over the conscience, the conscience of man. In this case, we have a Herod, a ruler, a very powerful man. As a matter of fact, such a powerful man he took that power and he used it in very ungodly ways. He used it in ways that honored only his immoral lust. You see, he was, he was already married. He was married to the daughter of a fellow king or ruler. And he fell in love with or in lust over his brother Philip's wife, Herodias. Well, he divorced his wife unlawfully. Now, this is under God's law. There was no reason for the divorce. She had done nothing wrong. She had no judgments on her of God or of man. But for the simple fact, Herod lusted after another woman. He divorced his wife. And he took her and broke up her marriage to her brother so that he could marry her. And John the Baptist called this out. He called it out in the book of Matthew. If you'll go back there, you can read the full account. He, he told them, he pointed it out to Herod that it was sin. Now, we learn from this that it actually pricked Herod's conscience, but it didn't Herodias. You see, Herodias, she would have killed John the Baptist if she could. We've already read that. She had it in for John the Baptist. She was going after him. She wanted him dead. She did not want him influencing the people in the kingdom against her and Herod over what they had done. She wanted to keep their sin secret and buried. And Herod was more than willing to go along with the problem. He was more than willing to go along with that attitude. You see, neither one of them were repentant about their problem or about their situation. Neither one of them. Even though Herod, as I said, Herod's conscience had been pricked. Herod, I believe, was under conviction. But Herod was being led around by Herodias. That being said, we found ourselves in a spot where we get a picture or a place where we get a picture of what was going on in Herod's heart and how he handled it. And from that situation, we find ourselves in a spot where we have to look in the mirror and we have to ask ourselves the question, how am I dealing with my conscience? How am I dealing with things in my life? What's taking place? Am I getting closer to God? or am I getting farther away? Am I getting more sensitive to what God is calling in my heart and life, or am I hardening my heart and becoming more resistant to it? It's only one of those two. There are no in-betweens. There are no uh, middle grounds there where we can stand in a gray area and feel like that we're happy. Having one foot in the kingdom of heaven, satisfying God, and one foot in the world satisfying man. That does not exist. As I have said many times, and will continue to say over and over again, in the uh, the older days, I heard many a preacher talk about straddling the fence. And while I understood that, and I understand it much better today, and I certainly don't mean to be Uh, to be second-guessing their heart or their intentions in using it. I do want to say, though, there is no straddling the fence when it comes to God's Word and when it comes to how we're living our life on a daily basis. You and I are either living it to the glory of God or we're living it to the glory of self. There are no middle grounds. Where do we stand? What does our conscience have to say about us? What is that thing that's going on in our life? And I know we all have those moments that we wish we could go back and we wish with all of our heart that we could relive some decisions in our lives. But we can't. So we can hold them and relive them over and over and over again. And we can listen to the devil tell us over and over again that you'll never be forgiven, you'll never be forgiven. Or we can follow God's word and we can listen to the God's word when it tells us to repent and put them under the cross. What will we do? Now the devil's going to always be telling you that you'll never be forgiven just to hinder your walk with God. That's what he is. That's why he's the devil. That's why he is Satan. Folks, what happened in Herod's life was a matter of God piercing his conscience, wanting him to take that opportunity to come to repentance. Wanting him to admit before God his sin, the sin of his adultery, the sin of his lust, the sin of his murder of John the Baptist. All of those, he wanted those admitted. And Herod knew because when we come down to verse 20, Herod feared John knowing that he was a just man and an holy man and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Herod feared him. That word feared here as it's used means frightened him, alarmed him, put him in awe, struck him with fear. Not the fear of John the Baptist, but the fear of God. John the Baptist, through his preaching, through the anointing and the authority that the Holy Spirit had in his life, John put the fear of God in Herod. And it was there. Now, we don't hear that about Herodias, but we do hear it about Herod. And we also hear in this passage that that Herod heard him gladly. That word, it talks about with pleasure. With pleasure. Herod heard John with pleasure, even though, even though John was calling out sin. Even though John was was pointing out where he had failed in life and how God was was holding him accountable for it and how great of a sin that it was in God's eyes. But at the same time, Herod knew. Herod knew. And then, when Jesus showed up, after Herod had been hearing about him, he looked at Jesus and he said, it's John. He's risen from the grave. Now, at this time in history, there was a lot of superstition. Well, what am I talking about? Look around today. There's a lot of superstition in the world today. There's a lot of superstition in the lives of those around us. There's a lot of superstition in in, in religion, and a lot of superstition in rites and rituals. Herod, though, Herod saw Jesus, and when he connected the person, the face, with the reputation, Herod called him John. John had been resurrected. No, but the person that that Herod was looking at was the one that John was preaching about. John was the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus was the one that John had told everyone about. The authority that John was preaching was standing in front of Herod. The authority that gave John that message that brought the fear of God into Herod was standing face-to-face in Herod's own backyard. And Herod couldn't handle it. It was more than he could grasp mentally, psychologically. Friends, sin doesn't have to do that in your life and in my life. Sin does not have to have that kind of grip Sin does not have to have that type of a hold on our lives, that it takes such a hold on our our lives and on the way we conduct ourselves upon our conscience that we can't fall on our face before God and ask his forgiveness and be repentant. He loves us. If you're hearing this message today, It is by the grace of God that it is touching your heart and touching your life. It is by the grace of God that is preaking your conscience. It is by the grace of God that you realize there's something not right in your life, in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And this is an opportunity for you to make that right. This is an opportunity for you not to wind up like Herod. Not to wind up in a situation where you watch that opportunity of grace pass you by. You watch that opportunity come into your life. You watch Jesus come into your life, come into you face to face. And all of the preaching that you had heard before is now looking at you through the word of God and through the presence of Jesus Christ. It's there. It's there. If you are if you're dealing with something today and all of us do on a daily basis, it's how we deal with it that is important. It's how we deal with it that moves and works in our lives. We can deal with it, as Herod did, and in a superstitious manner. Something that makes our worldly sins be dealt with in a worldly manner so that the world around us understands them and maybe gives us a pat on the back and tells us that it's okay. Or we can deal with them God's way. And God's way is very simple. God's way is just simply coming to Jesus Christ. It's simply coming to him and asking him to forgive us of our sin. To apply that blood to our heart. To to give us the faith to believe in him. To embrace him as our Lord and as our Savior. And to know that when we get up, that relationship is there. To know that when we get up, that we are getting up a born again person. Old things have passed away. And all things have become new. That is the peace. And that is the End game that you want in your life you don't want some ritual you don't want some religion you don't want any of these worldly ways of dealing with things you don't want some superstition you want the glory the power and the sovereignty of God in your life leading you guiding you directing you Christian have you erred? Swerved? Have you gotten on the wrong road? Maybe you're like the character of Christian in Pilgrim's Progress. Christian started down the road looking for the celestial kingdom. And he got sidetracked and derailed Because he had listened to wrong people about going the wrong way to get to his destination. And when he realized it, he started to give up. And I think there are a lot of Christians today who have allowed themselves to be sidetracked and derailed. And there is so much shame in their life that they've just decided to turn around and go back. And give up. Because that's what Christian did in Pilgrim's Progress. He turned around and he started back to town. Back to where he came from. But he got stopped along the way by a man named Evangelist. An Evangelist had already had a conversation with him. Evangelist stopped him. An Evangelist got his mind right and his heart right the evangelist got him pointed on the right road in the right direction with the right warnings that there will be difficulties and troubles along this path. But if you stay faithful, if you stay faithful, you might stop along the way. You may have to look and 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 increase your faith, you may have to pray and seek guidance and direction. But if you're faithful, you'll get it. And in the end, you will be at the celestial kingdom. The celestial kingdom was a place in the book to talk about heaven and the end result. And the journey of Christian was the journey of a Christian's life. One that's full of ups and downs, mountains and valleys, swamps and sleuths and all kinds of nasty stuff. But one that we are giving our faith in God to get us through. Christian, I said all of that to say this. If you've sat down Or if you've turned around and if you started back to where you came from, stop right now. Stop right now. Turn around. Open your Bible. Open your Bible. Pray that God would fix whatever it is that's in your life. Pray that you would get out from under whatever that burden is. Pray for his guidance and his direction. Pray for his wisdom. Pray for the faith to move forward. And then get up and get back on that right road to the kingdom of God. Get back on that road to Jesus Christ. Following him, not trying to work your way to him, but following him through these difficult days and these difficult times. Life will be much better. Will it be easier? No, I can't promise you that. Will it be simpler? I can't promise you that either. Well, then what can you promise me, preacher? I can promise you that it will be peaceful, that it will be fruitful, and that it will be faithful. And in the end, you will be blessed. You will not wind up like Herod. You will not wind up with a pricked conscience. And being so hardened by your lusts that you can't have the strength to do anything about it. You can't find the strength to submit to the grace and to the word of God. You see, God didn't give us this to condemn us. He gave us this to warn us, to warn us. He is there. His grace is there. His mercy is there. His forgiveness is there. He's calling us to come and to take it. Will we? Friend, only you can answer that question for you. I can answer it for me. You have to answer it for you. Jesus is the answer. Jesus and Jesus alone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for worshiping with us through this message this evening. I trust that you'll have a blessed week. And until next time, May God bless you is my prayer. Goodbye and good night.